When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who dat, and welcome back to Canatra Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brendan Ertle. Today, it's just me. We're going to be previewing this Carolina Panthers game. The Saints travel to Carolina, week three matchup. Uh, Carolina's 0-2 currently. The Saints are 1-1. Hopefully, we can get to 2-1 after this game. But before we jump into this game, just want to say thank you to everyone who turned, tuned in the last episode. Uh, had a ton more viewers than I thought. You know, after a tough loss like that, you know, not many fans like to sit down and go through that again. So thank you to all loyal listeners, followers, fans of the team who sat through this miserable podcast last time. And, you know, we went over this, that, that brutal game and the, you never want to lose the divisional opponent and definitely want to don't want to lose in kind of embarrassing fashion. So uh, thank you to everyone who tuned in. We always appreciate your support and, you know, the crew, we're busy people. We'll get everyone on when we can. But today it's just me breaking down this Carolina Panthers game. And I was a little worried for this episode because that was a really, really hard game. You know, beat up game, battle in the trenches, lots of battles going on. So I thought the injury report was going to be pretty rough. And that's kind of the main talking point of pregame reports are is who's going to play and who's not. So I was a little worried today and I, I was pleasantly surprised on the results. So the two obvious ones who we are waiting on were Alvin Kamara and Paulson Debo, both top players at their positions on the team, and both haven't played. Uh, both didn't play last week, and Debo hasn't played all year. So it was important to get him back week at some point, and it looks like we're going to be getting him back. Paulson Debo, Alvin Kamara, both are limited. You know, obviously Debo has that ankle issue. We'll see how that progresses throughout the week. But this is his first time practicing this season. This season, I mean this regular season. He did participate in training camp and things like that. Did get hurt in the preseason, I'm pretty sure. So, really, really good to see Adiba out there. And the defensive back shuffling, that has been going on, has been stressful. It's been hard. Uh, they fought through it. They've gotten through it. I think Adiba will be back out there this weekend uh, against the Panthers. 
Now, Alvin Kamara had that rib issue. Uh, if you want to know the exact injury, be a subscriber to NOF.com. Uh, Nick Underhill has exactly what the injury is. Uh, he was limited on Wednesday, so good thing to get him back at practice. Uh, obviously, it's a great sign for him moving forward if he's limited. Uh, we'll see how he progresses progresses later in the week as well. So the rest of these guys are also all limited. We don't have any, did not practice. We didn't have any rest or anything. These are all injury-related, and they were limited participants. So Ryan Ramchek elbow was limited. You'll probably see him on the rest of the injury reports for the rest of the time. Uh, by time, I mean time I'm, he's in the NFL because he's just one of those guys where he's banging the trenches. He's going to be a little banged up always, and he's going to sit out of practice here and there because he doesn't need to. You know, he's that good. So, Traquan Smith, shoulder, Taysom Hill, rib. Some question why Taysom didn't have a big impact last week. Only had, I want to say, six snaps. Uh, maybe four. Uh, regardless, not not enough snaps. And I think this is why him popping up in the injury report with a rib injury, maybe he banged something up in that game that made him, you know, not feel as good. Marcus May as well left that game with a rib injury, so lots of ribs this week. Kamara, Taysom, and Marcus May all have rib injuries. He was limited. Jameis Winston, back slash ankle, he was limited. You know, not great to see that they add an ankle injury to that, but it was a it was a hard game for him, and, you know, he had, he had some things going on with him that game, and hopefully they get him figured out. Adam Prentice and Deontay Hardy both also limited. Uh, for the Carolina Panthers side, pretty clean for the most part. Dante Jackson, hamstring, he was limited. And Chris McCaffrey did not practice because of rest because, you know, he's just one of those guys that needs it. So let's move on and talk about this contest. Looking back on it, it was a really rough week. Lots and lots of lots of things to work on. Tons of things moving forward. But this is a new week, and this is going to be a week that's going to see a lot about the Saints. A lot. Now, you may be saying, well, the Panthers are 0-2. Yes, they are, but they played the Cleveland Browns, who aren't a bad team, even without Deshaun Watson. They played them tough, and they honestly should have won that game. They lost that game by two points, by an iffy, iffy roughing the passer call, and then they lost to three by the Giants, who are actually playing solid football right now. So they're 0-2, and they have two good losses. They don't have a bad loss on their schedule yet. Uh, we could argue that you know both those teams aren't going to be anything moving forward, but still, nonetheless, they're okay losses. It's not like they're getting blown out by the Jets or anything. So the Panthers are always a tough team. They always play us tough. And I'm going to go back to last year when we were pretty healthy week one, and then week two comes by, we get super banged up, and then we play the Panthers and just lay an egg, an absolute egg. It kind of felt like, that game was last week. It had the same kind of feel of we can't really figure out what's going on in offense. There's nothing really clicking. Um, the defense was the only thing that was really changed. That it was not very good in week one and improved in week two. But offensively, there was still some confusion. The the Pucks defense is of course good. The Falcons defense, I can't I can't say the same thing. But the Panthers defense last year in week two gave us a ton of issues for some reason there was blocking issues there was pass protection issues and there was other things that Jameis struggled you know finding passing lanes there was throws to be made last week that he didn't make and the same kind of thing last year when they played in week two against the Panthers there was throws to be made and just wasn't making them 
So this isn't going to be a game where the Saints win by 20 because this is a tough team. I think they have the best quarterback they've had since Cam Newton and Baker Mayfield. It's not a hot take if you think I'm wrong because they've had Sam Darnold, who I, I, I don't think has had a good NFL career so far. And, I mean, who else? Kyle Allen. So I think Baker's a huge improvement from what they have had. You know, he's not going to be the future of what they do. I mean, he could be, you know, a bridge quarterbacker, take him to the playoffs a year or something like that. But Baker is solid, I will say. So far this season, he's 30 for 56, 380 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. So hasn't done anything, you know, remarkable, but hasn't done anything awful. You know, his one pick was one of those throws where we're like, eh, that's, that's old Baker Mayfield, but we can say the same thing about Jameis Winston. His throws that he has made that weren't good were like, eh, let's, let's forget that. So two teams trying to find their identity right now. And I think this is going to be a huge week, and we've talked about it every single podcast, of when are we going to see the Saints offense? Because it feels like we're just so limited in what we have seen. And it's frustrating because we go back to last year, the offense was just horrific, horrible. And I, I can say they've taken a step forward, but it's been a baby step because let's put it this way. They've played eight quarters of football. I've seen good offense in about one and a half of those quarters, one and a half. So one and a half out of eight quarters, we've seen a good offense. That's not really a step forward. That's that's a sidestep. That's a baby step. But they have the pieces. You know, it's not it's not a pieces issue. They have everything they need. They seem to put it together. And week one, we could argue that all these new faces, they don't know how to work with each other. Week two, they play a really good defense and just struggle. That could be a thing. And uh, we saw the Saints maybe go into the well of passing the ball deep too much and then maybe be too conservative in this past game against the Bucks. So that's going to have to change. The offensive scheme's going to have to figure out how to beat this uh, Panthers pass rush because it is good with Brian Burns. I, I'm I'm more scared of Derek Brown. Uh, I think Cesar Ruiz and Andrews Pete, Eric McCoy have played solid football. I think they've all taken step forwards. I think Cesar Ruiz played some of his best ball last week. There was some pass protection issues again, and you can go back and watch, and it was like just little things that need to be fixed, but I think he is getting better. I don't think he's getting worse. All we see with Cesar is the bad plays. You don't really see the good plays, and I think there's a few really, really good plays, especially in the run game, and you know pass protection they'll figure out as well. So I think Pete and Ruiz are, are doing well in the run game. So if they can run the ball well with Kamara and Ingram, if Kamara plays – Fantastic. That's 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 huge. But they have a huge task at hand. And Derek Brown's going to be the best defensive tackle they see for a while, in my honest opinion. I think he's one of them once. And Grady Jarrett was good. Uh, he killed us. And I, I think the same thing with Derek Brown. I think he's very, very good. They're going to have to game plan around him. They're going to have to figure out how to slow down this Panthers pass rush. And, I mean, the stats show it. We have one sack, and we've given up what? 10 it feels like so those numbers got changed the defense has to continue to play well they got to get some turnovers but the main thing about this game the main thing is that we need to see the offense blossom we need to see something we need to see drives it felt like last week and the week before we've seen either a drive or a three and out there's been no in between there's been no in between nothing 
So I want to see something. I want to see, let's get to the 50, and then, then we can stall. Let's just see some kind of rhythm in this offense. I feel like Michael Thomas, he's been he's been good. He's been back. He's been beating coverages. There was times in that game where Jameis went deep. Jameis got sacked. When you throw that ball to Michael Thomas, you throw that ball to Michael Thomas. You make that throw. There's throws to be had. He threw to Chris Olave 13 times. Someday that might be a good thing. For a deep ball receiver who is a big play guy, he'll make plays in the screen game. He'll make plays downfield. You don't want to throw in the ball 13 times. That is a person in you, that you have in Michael Thomas. You throw the ball to Michael Thomas 13 times. That's what you do. And if some are incomplete, some are incomplete. Now, if James hit on those 13 throws, I'd say a majority of them, Chris Lave was, was open. There was a catch to be made. There was a throw to be had. If he made those throws, Olave has 250 yards passing uh, receiving and three touchdowns. But those are low percentage throws. So I think this week, take your eyes down Olave a little bit. Go a little bit farther down and let's hit Michael Thomas on a 10-yard crosser when it's wide open. You go back and watch all 22, you'll bang your head against the table like I did. Because there's times where Jameis throws that ball deep to Olave and it's there. The thing is, it's there. I understand the ball. It's a low percentage throw, though, and I think in that situation, you just throw the ball to Michael Thomas, who has two to three yards of separation and a first down. I think that's what you do. That's what Drew Brees would do. You move the chains, you survive. Now, for sure, throw the ball to Olave six, seven times. If there's deep shots to be had, take three or four of them, you know, not ten. And that'll be something that they work on throughout the week. I'm sure they'll have a good game plan for this defense, and Carolina's not the team that you want to be losing to especially at this point in the season they have a tough end of their schedule I'd say and this part is not easy but it's easier than it'll be later on so you got to get this game you got to you got to you got to go to and you got to find some kind of rhythm on offense you got to figure it out uh, but I've seen a lot of talk about you know the offensive line not being up to, up to par I think that that has been true I think it, it hasn't been as good as as it has, and I think that's a lot to do with quarterback play. Uh, I'm not saying Jameis is bad or anything. I just think, you know, Tom Brady, this this last game, he showed you why that all of, all of his tackles go on to get paid, or they go elsewhere, get paid, and then kind of fall off because a solid quarterback who can get the ball out quick can make any offensive tackle look good. And I think that goes, you know, a main one for Trent Brown. He was a really good player for them for a long time. Gets traded to Oakland and uh, or Las Vegas, I think, at the time. And just hasn't really been the same since. Same thing in, in Tampa Bay. Donovan Smith has been about, I would say, not a bad player, not not a fantastic player. But he's been kind of the middle class tackles. He, and then Tom Brady comes and all of a sudden he's this, he's this great tackle. It's because he gets the ball out quick and efficiently. And Donovan Smith went down last week. The Saints went up against the Saint, uh, the the Bucks' second left tackle, and then later their third left tackle, and couldn't find a way to get pressure. And that's not necessarily a knock on Davenport. It's not a knock on Cam Jordan. It's a it's a more of a, a head nod. Like, yep, he's he, that's why he's one of the best because he got that ball out so quick. And there was throws where Davenport and Jordan were there. Like those are sacks against a team like a quarterback like Baker Mayfield. 
but Brady just gets him out. There was a, a throw late in the game where he just threw the ball right across the middle. There wasn't anyone even close. And you go back and watch, it's like Davenport was in his face. That's why he threw it. There's not going to be a stat of a, of a hurry. Maybe he gets a pressure for that. No quarterback hit. But he's not. he doesn't want to get touched. He gets the ball out quick and efficiently, and he has receivers out there who can make those catches. So that that's I think has to do with the Saints' struggles on offense. You know the Saints had great offensive lines when Drew was here, and I think that helps the quarterback like Drew who can get the ball out so quick. So I think that has something to do with Jameis getting the ball out quicker. I think he can. He has the receivers do it. Hopefully he can figure it out. Uh, but less pressure on your O line if you get the ball out quick. Uh, those deep shots though. Seemed like he had time to to throw it deep to Olave, so that's a good sign. For the defensive line, like I said, not too worried about the no sacks, really. I mean, they had that one against the Bucks, but that was really nothing. Uh, this is the week, and you need to piece it all together. You had the week one mess up. You, you find a way to win. Week two is week two. And I think as a Saints fan, as a Saints analyst, I'm content with being one and one right now. Obviously, you'd love to be 2-0. You would love to have beat the Bucks. You'd have love to find a way to win that game and find a way to be 2-0. But in all reality, you should be 0-2. They should have lost to the Falcons. It took a the biggest comeback in franchise history to come back and win that game. And the second game, ever since that Mike Evans fight, the team just fell apart. We could blame the officials, but yeah, we didn't play well. We should be 0-2, yet we're 1-1. This is where you take advantage. You know, there's games in the NFL where the better team doesn't win. There's there's games when you don't play as well. They're going to have weeks like that. But this is a week you need to put it together. The offense can't come out and score a field goal in the first half. They can't come out and score 10 total, total points in the first half. They need to come out and be effective. They need to be a threat. And you want to be worried about punting on the football. There was times in that Bucks game when Tom Brady just just checked it down, threw a screen pass, and said, you take the football because my defense is playing great. I'll eventually score. You take it back. We'll get it back, and we'll try next down. We'll not, We'll try next series. And that can't keep happening. Tom Brady needs to be worried about what happens when they punt. That needs to be a thing moving forward. A team can't just rely on the Saints not scoring points and getting the ball back. So this is the week I think you need to figure it out. You're playing Baker Mayfield, who has ups and downs. The defense needs to come out and play as good as they did last week, get the ball to their offense, and let's turn things around. Thank you guys for tuning in today's episode. appreciate the love and support. We should have everyone back after the Carolina game to break the, to break things down, uh, Chris and Nate. Uh, but we'll see. Hopefully next episode we're talking about being 2-1, and one, and the offense looks great, defense looks phenomenal. Thank you guys for love and support, and I'll see you guys next episode. Hey. Who that? 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 Who